welcome to this, the latest episode of the Wake Up London podcast. Welcome to the rainbow episode. Since the first Pride in New York City in 1970, following the protest the year before at the Stonewall Tavern, Pride has spread throughout the world. The first Pride happened in London in 1972, and this year marks 50 years of Pride in London. We interviewed members of the Rainbow Sangha from London and from other places in the world to find out their views on Pride. And this is it. We have a long interview with Kesley, who talks about working with LGBT refugees as well as working for Plum Village UK. We have short reflections from Mick, the Happy Farm coordinator in Plum Village, and also from Rachel, who you heard in the last episode. We have a community announcement from Pia and Leah, who are involved in the a possible Rainbow Sanger house set up in Europe. And we have a reading from Monica Maxwest of one of Ty's readings when he was asked his views on homosexuality. We've also got two music tracks, one from Rosanna Lee, Let Your Heart Burn. You heard a bit of that at the beginning of the programme. And we finish the show with a song by Monica Maxwest, Be Beautiful, Be Yourself. Do not be content With showing friendship and words alone Do not be content With showing friendship and words alone Let your heart burn with loving kindness For all who may cross your path Let your heart burn with loving kindness For all who may cross your path Let your heart burn Let your heart burn With loving kindness For all who cross your path Do not be content with showing friendship in words alone Do not be content with showing friendship in words alone Let your heart burn with loving kindness for all who may cross your path Let your heart burn with loving kindness For all who may cross your path Let your heart burn Let your heart burn With loving kindness For all who may cross your path Let your heart burn Let your heart burn With loving kindness For all who may cross your path So to the long conversation in this episode is with Kesley. Kesley works for Plum Village UK and is also a therapist. And in our conversation talks about both of those things as well as what pride means to them 
and first learning about Pride growing up, and then also discovering the Rainbow Sangha in London. Do not be content with showing friendship and words alone. Kesley, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, so I wanted to ask you, I always ask people the same question first, which is how they came to the Plum Village tradition. Um, so that would be interesting. You're telling me it was a book you read. Yeah, wow. That was uh, quite a while ago. Uh, I read Nomad, No Lotus. Um, I think it was back in about 2012 and I was going through a really hard time. And uh, that was a book that I guess it just shone a little light for me at that time and kind of I guess watered some seeds of curiosity about Thai and the practice and mm-hmm. I followed a bit of a cookie crumb trail since then and mm-hmm. um and and yeah just became more involved in it um maybe about 2018 when I, I did a counselling training and was looking for mindfulness trainings mm-hmm. and then I found Thai's five mindfulness trainings on mm-hmm. the internet and it was it was like not what I was looking for, but it was um, actually kind of what I was looking for, like a whole different way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. Right, right. How was the how was the counselling course, and is that something that's part of your life still? Yeah, that's still a part of my life. Uh, I, I work in counselling now, and um, Thai's practice has, has really influenced how I practice mm. counselling too. Um, uh, really really enjoy sharing um mindfulness with people that i work with what does that look like right now what what you're up to with that yeah right now um i uh i'm i'm working with all kinds of people uh and lgbtq people do um tend to find me and work with me and um i've been working significantly uh with LGBTQ refugees, um, mm-hmm. which is something I really hope to mention in this podcast because mm-hmm. um, I don't think people really, really are aware of, of the LGBTQ refugee crisis, um, which is primarily um, in East Africa. It doesn't get a lot of um, uh, coverage in in the press, although it has been in the BBC and, and, and other um, press, but just not at the level that one might expect mm. um there are hundreds of people on a very hostile camp called kakuma who, who are lgbtq i mean the camp is huge there are three hundred thousand people there mm. um and many of them have been there for years and years but the problem is for lgbtq people there and i i counsel them online and and um i, I offer the mindfulness practice um it, it's, it's a really hostile environment I think in the UK, hostility is kind of maybe a bit more kind of veiled um, today. Um, I know that it's not for everyone. Many people do still experience violence, um, but it's not as widespread as it is in in East Africa. Mm. And so there are a lot of people right now in Kakuma camp who have fled their homes for their lives and are Mm. are living amongst um, hostilities and uh, are in dire needs of resettlement. And the part of my work as well is about working with sponsorship organisations to try and help find them homes in places like the UK. Mm. Wow. And you mentioned that you're, you're bringing mindfulness practices into those sessions. Mm-hmm. And how is that experience for you? For me, it is one of the most wonderful 
experiences of of building faith in the practice mm. to really witness um, how much of a difference it can make. People feel disempowered, overwhelmed, just grief stricken. Mm. and have very little to um, hold on to. And so offering a practice of um, self-compassion, of generating kindness for oneself in a situation where kindness is one of the last things that they experience, um, it's almost like a forgotten memory, I think, for many refugees, mm. to, to be able to generate that, that, that inner kindness for themselves mm. um, is, is extremely beneficial. And of course, it, it nourishes community as well, because in supporting group work and, you know, a lot of people who are grief stricken are, you know, they shut down now, they're isolated, they, it's hard to connect, it's hard to, to talk about their experiences, because it, it, it's just so overwhelming. But to come and, and sit together and practice together and relax um, which is such an important part of, of, of healing the body and mind from trauma mm. and is, is, is really healing. And I'm very privileged to, to be a part of, of seeing how people change. I mean, you know, they're still in a hostile situation, so it, it doesn't, you know, there's no instant miracle, but it, it's definitely a coping mechanism for the time mm. being. Yeah, I find that very moving. Um, thank you. Kesley, did, what, how did that, um, your connection to those individuals, how did that relationship come about? It came about through belonging to the Pink Therapy Network, which mm. is a network of therapists in the UK who are specifically trained to work with LGBTQ people. Mm. Many are LGBTQ themselves. Um, and they have a, uh, a lot of uh, information and, and um, tools and resources um, that we share amongst each other as clinicians, but also with, with um, the public. Mm. And um, yeah, I found out about the opportunity through um, one of the, my contacts there. And um, it, I also want to mention as well that, um, you know, if you're LGBTQ and you're looking for a therapist, then, then the Pink Therapy Directory is, is a good place to go and look. The Pink Therapy Directory. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, I'll say again, it's very moving. And um, I was just thinking then as you, were, as you were speaking that it must, it must bring a lot up for you. And as you say, people go through ex very extreme situations and um, I can only imagine the practice also helps you maybe during the conversations and also afterwards, I imagine. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I think for me, the the practice is the beginning, middle, and end of every, every step I take into uh, working with refugees. It's, it's part of my aspiration to mm. to really be aware to suffering, and it's um, part of how I support my clients. and And then afterwards, the self care is is absolutely essential. So, I'm um, going for mindful walks, touching mm. the earth. Um, just really letting the, the practice um, carry me is it, something I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to, to tap into. And I often reflect the absolute just validity of, of what I'm doing. Take that hand, you know, developed it. The, the mindfulness practice in a war-torn environment right, and right. supported so many refugees and people of all kinds who have suffered with trauma. Mm. And it's exactly the right practice to be doing for people who 
who are traumatized. And, you know, there, there's a book that came out recently by um, Sister Dang Yim, um, which is called Flowers in the Dark, which uh, mm. is a book I'm currently reading, uh, which is about working specifically with trauma and mindfulness okay. in the condition. Thanks very much. Flowers in the Dark, right. Mm. Well, that's very moving. Thank you so much, Kesley. Yeah. Some of the, the Sangha members in the UK may know your name because you work for Plum Village UK. How did that come about and what, what do you do there? Yeah, um, working for Plum Village UK began in 2020 in September, which was mm. kind of mid-pandemic uh, during the first year. And so much was happening online. I think it was only that year I really knew about Plum Village UK. It just seemed to, you know, just really attract me, like all these online events that started happening. And so I, I found out about this position to apply for, to help with, with the online events. Mm. And those online events continue to kind of grow and, and spawn new ideas. And, and uh, so it's kind of like a really good thing that's come out of the pandemic. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? How they were a necessity at the time, but now they're, it seems like there's going to be in-person and online, online stuff will still be happening. Is there some things at the moment going on that you're looking after? Yeah, I'm particularly interested in uh, the Mindful Mornings, which are every month. And they're the first Sunday of the month from 10 till 12 um, UK time and uh, there's a different speaker each time and uh, sometimes they're Dharma teachers, sometimes uh, they're members of the Order of Interbeing or guests. Uh, so it's really kind of, it's an opportunity to to learn about how so many different people uh, apply uh, Thai's mindfulness yeah. um, into their own lives and with, with you know, different experiences. Wonderful. And you, you also tell me about the, um, is it the Be Calm, Be Happy course as well? Yeah, yeah, Be Calm, Be Happy. It's an online course and many of them are run throughout the year. And I think it's, it's six weeks, two hours uh, a week, um, just to explore all the really uh, fundamental teachings one might need to just be a bit calmer and happier in, in daily life. I'll get some details at the end of the um, year so we can share with people. And, um, and as you know, we're, this whole episode is talking to people from the Rainbow Sangha. And so, yeah, thanks so much for agreeing to say a bit about what it means to you. Um, so would you like to share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, wow. It, it was so wonderful to, to be on retreat. I think it was in 2018. And kind of not really being sure about how welcome LGBTQ people are because mm -hmm. of maybe just, you know, culturally, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of historic kind of prejudice against mm -hmm. LGBTQ people, particularly from kind of spiritual and religious organisations. And so I was so delighted that there was a rainbow sharing um, happening there at Plum Village. And so that was kind of like a yeah, real coming home to myself, to community and to feel like, oh, this is a safe place that I can, mm. I can be, um, I can explore my spiritual path and not be criticised for, for who I am. Sooner or later, I found that the uh, UK Rainbow Sangha meet online. Um, mm. And uh, so I, I've started attending those as often as I can, which is a really beautiful space of understanding things don't need to be explained to one another right. you know when when you're in a, a group like that 
in things that might be kind of tiresome to explain um, if, if you're just in a t- typical group. And it's also a refuge to go to as well, particularly, you know, when the, there is a lack of understanding um, mm. in, in the world sometimes and nourishes, uh, I guess, resilience and strength to still be a part of the wider community, but to have a, a place to come back and retreat to. Mm. That's wonderful. Do you, do you imagine in-person meetings um, in time? Yeah, in the UK, um, there is um, possibly going to be a in-person retreat um, in the next in the next twelve months or so. Okay. It's listed on the Plum Village UK website, which is plumvillage.uk, and uh, in the Sangha directory, Rainbow Sangha UK is listed, and and the, the, the contact details are there to, to access. And it's on every Tuesday night, seven o'clock. Would you mind saying what people might expect if they've never been to a Sangha event before? Like what what happens on those on, in those sessions? Uh, in the sessions, there is oh, like maybe 20, 40 people, um, sometimes mm-hmm. less. Uh, it goes round in a kind of not really a circle because it's on screen, but it's a bit square. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's welcome if they if they feel to 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 say their name and and um, and how they are that day. And we use weather metaphors, and uh, and then there might be a, a guided practice or or a silent practice, self guided. Um, there might be a talk and generally after the first part of the meeting there's a, a break and we'll come back and we have the opportunity to participate in dharma sharing which is mm. to to be able to um, just sit and share from our heart and check in about well, well how is mindfulness helping us well this is the rainbow episode and we it was it came about because of it being pride month this month and um yeah i just wanted to know what pride means to you and if you could share a few words about that. Thank you for asking that question, Joe. Mm. Pride is, uh, it, it means a lot to me. And um, it's something that uh, growing up, I knew was there. You know, I knew that there was a big kind of pride uh, parade in Birmingham near where, where I grew up. And my first experience of that was, I guess, I felt kind of um, unsure. You know, it felt like a whole different part of the culture. You know, like, why is this here? What what, what, what are all these representations of people that I'm seeing? And, mm. and all, you know, it was just like a, a step into another world for me back then. Um, and so I can really see, like, the difference of, of people was really on display. My older years I started to see how pride was was being absorbed by big corporations and things and and people were celebrating pride you know in very capitalist organizations and so I I guess I thought well you know something in me slightly distrusting of this you know like I'm not quite sure you know why is everyone buying into this but then the more I learned about um, the need for pride you know and and the history of pride where it where it came from um, the more I started to to trust that this is really important, um, that we do have pride uh, in the UK, but also um, internationally. I think pride is an emotion. It's just above pain. You know, it's, it's just when we're pulling ourselves together and sometimes pride is all we have left and it, it can be a foundation for happiness. You know, there are places, you know, maybe 60% of the world, if not more, I may even have that figure wrong. I think it could even be more. Uh, It's completely illegal to be LGBTQ and people can be imprisoned, people can be killed for it. Mm. And um, I now, as I mentioned, 
work with uh, refugees um, from Uganda yeah. uh, and people in, in living in Kenya fleeing terrible circumstances um, because of the well, the law is against them and the law not only the law the family culture religion you know people are being killed mm-hmm. because they're different it is just really important that pride continues to thrive really in this country but also it grows in in other places around the world because it gives people hope that there there may be a future for them where they could be accepted it gives people an opportunity to to really just stand in their own power and say look i'm a human being too i have rights and uh, i am proud of who i am and love this is all about love mm. uh, and and that is important that mm. is worth listening to that is worth respecting and and supporting mm. Um, so those are some of my thoughts on pride. And um, what do you think about pride, Joe? What you were saying there, and actually something we spoke about just before um, the call, which was about how words can reach people in different places. And so any kind of movement, so we talk about pride here, that that could reach people in, as you say, in countries where where they aren't able to be themselves is so important. And it feels like every yeah, every act of solidarity is in- enabling us all to love each other better. Yeah, I mean, the treatment of people and not being able to be themselves, it's, um, it's all, yeah, I think it's always been curious to me why that upsets people. And I think it shows a kind of collective fear of, of what is considered to be the unknown. And I think it's, un- I mean, it's unknown because I think it's not embraced sexual orientation, gender diversity, you know, the wider that gets, the better. And yeah. And I've, I've always, I've loved as that acronym has got bigger and bigger, more people have felt represented by it. Yeah. And so when I, when I heard of the Rainbow Sanger with Implant Village, I was yeah delighted. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure many people were that that was something that could be included in just some thought. So yeah, I, you know, yeah, I find it, it's, I find it very beautiful to hear, to hear your words. Mm. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Mm. Oh, you're welcome. And, and could I just mention as well, you know, if, if anyone would like to um, support refugees um, to find a home or to, just to, um, to to receive enough food to eat because they're, they're not managing, you know, they, they're in desperate situations, sleeping on the desert floor in Kakuma refugee camp, these LGBTQ people, um, they're at the bottom of the pile. Um, in terms of the support that is available to them. There is an organisation called Triangle Project who are um, channelling funds, really very minimal amounts coming in, but funds that are needed to protect human rights defenders. And of course, there are, there are yeah, real needs for, for um, people to, um, to have medical care and things on the camp. There, there is a, a medical centre there, but there's a lot of homophobia. And so uh, private healthcare is actually um, something that um, Triangle Project has been helping to fund. Mm. But not only that, people have like, about one meal a day if they're lucky. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, m- money for food is also really needed. But yeah, you know, that's only for the, the few of us who, who do have like a spare five or, or a ten or whatever it is to send across. I know that it's, 
it's um it's hard for people at the moment but i just thought i'd mention that because you know, not everyone's aware of, uh, of what's happening there do you know offhand what the contact is for that Kezi? i can always put it in the we can put it in the notes yeah it's it's triangle project um so if you look them up online you find the website but yeah let's also include it in the notes well listen thank you so much for joining us it's been a real pleasure and thanks for all your work with plum village uk oh you're welcome yeah Thank you very much, Kesley, for your sharing there. Two sharings now from Mick, Happy Farm Coordinator in Plum Village, and from Rachel, who you heard in the last episode. We asked them both what Plum Village Rainbow Sanger meant to them. Let your heart burn with loving kindness for all who may cross your path. Hey, Joe. This is Mick McAvoy calling in from Plum Village. Upper Hamlet, connected in some intimate way to the Happy Farm project here. So for me, what it means to be part of our international rainbow community in the Plum Village tradition is a sense of home within a, a wider community. Having gone through early adult life unaware or unable to identify in terms of my orientation and who I was. I found myself at home with the, the beautiful teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh and Plum Village, teachings of the Buddha. And then coming to live in the, the land here on Plum Village, France, I found a rainbow community which has grown and its beauty and diversity. And that's, that rainbow community in some way has given me a, a space to explore those elements of my sexuality, my orientation, my identity in a safe way, in some way set aside from the, the worlds of, of sex and sexuality and engagement in those, those elements. So it's, it's quite ironic to come to a monastery where there's a binary in terms of gender to learn about the diversity of gender identity and gender expression and where most of the residents practice a precept of celibacy to find healing by meeting others in community who are also part of the, the rainbow community. And it is in those human relationships that I take great comfort and strength and nourishment. Those human relationships in the rainbow community allow me to to explore who I am and some way heal and, and love and nurture and grow and develop and transform and yeah, to continue to evolve in a, a regular time frame, non-linear, fluid. So yeah, I have a lot of gratitude and love for for this rainbow family within our tradition. And I'm so happy that you folks are are celebrating Pride and Wake Up London this month. Big love.
Well, I've got to be honest, actually, the first time I heard about this in Plum Village, an excited friend came up and said, oh, there's a rainbow family for the wake-up retreat, and kind of assumed I would join. And instantly there was this kind of aversion that came up, actually. And I was feeling, oh, but why why should I be separated from Sangha? You know, I think I'd had such a beautiful experience of of acceptance and belonging when I went to Plum Village that that this field was this felt out of place for me in that moment. And I decided to stay in the family that I was in and just look into that aversion for the whole of the wake up retreat, which I did. And um that was a few years ago and since it's been very magical actually because I think I I was able to see that um the purpose of uh, the rainbow community is to kind of support belonging and the fact is that some people and you know some of us don't feel belonging in the world and even in the sangha and um although we have this beautiful north star of inclusiveness um the reality is that we're not all there yet all the time and it is important to have a safe space where you can feel to be yourself to express yourself to be validated to be heard to be loved which we all deserve so um yeah over the years i've seen the power of this space and i became more and more kind of open to being in it myself and was then able to look at you know some of the feelings i had i think around still not wanting to be different because society again even though i feel um at times we're moving in this beautiful direction it, it's still collectively we don't celebrate and value difference basically do we so uh of course within me i don't want to be different either is is a truth um the other truth is i feel like a very colorful expansive being just another flower in the garden of humanity as ty says so um yeah that's kind of where i'm at and uh I've been very lucky and very supported by some great beings in the Rainbow community, especially um, Rainbow Island, actually, that I've had the privilege to join on occasion online and um, just really feel like such dignity, actually, and respect for ourselves in the present moment and all our ancestors, actually, who've gone before us, who who suffered, you know, even more uh, because of that difference. So... Yeah, it has been a beautiful homecoming and I'm very grateful to to everybody who's creating these spaces and also creating dialogue with the whole Sangha so that we can kind of move forwards together and, um, yeah, just be one big rainbow family, actually. Everybody celebrated for who they are. <laughs> Let your heart burn with loving kindness for all who may cross your path community announcement now from Pia and Lena, friends in Germany, with an invitation to become part of a conversation around starting a lay practice centre co-housing community. Hi Hi everyone, everyone. this is Pia, my pronouns are she, her. And Lena, my pronouns are also she, her. Uh, First we want to thank Joe for giving us the space to share here. Um, so we both dream about starting a wake-up village together, like some kind of co-housing community and lay practice center where we can uh, live and practice together in the spirit of Plum Village. Therefore, we are looking for people who would like to join us in this project. 
We're both members of the LGBTIQA plus community, so we especially welcome other rainbow friends to join us. If you're interested, please contact us via the mail in the notes. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. If you're interested in getting in touch, then you can see the contact details in the notes of the program over at wakeuplondon.org forward slash podcast. The reading this week comes from Monica Maxwest. Ty was asked in an interview his views on homosexuality. And here is his answer. Hi, this is Max. On a sunny day in Inverness, Scotland, with seagulls in the background. And today, for this podcast on LGBTQ plus Rainbow Sangha, I will be reading an excerpt from Ty, a question and answer session on the Oprah Winfrey Show from May 10th, 2010, and this is entitled Gay is a Gift. Question, what is the Buddhist view of homosexuality? Ty's answer, the spirit of Buddhism is inclusiveness. Looking deeply into the nature of a cloud, we see the cosmos. A flower is a flower, but if we look deeply into it, we see the cosmos. Everything has a place. The base, the foundation of everything, is the same. When you look at the ocean, you see different kinds of waves, many sizes and shapes, but all the waves have water as their foundation and substance. If you are born gay or lesbian, your ground of being is the same as mine. We are different, but we share the same ground of being. The Protestant theologian Paul Tillich said that God is the ground of being. You should be yourself. If God has created me as a rose, then I should accept myself as a rose. If you are a lesbian, then be a lesbian. Looking deeply into your nature, you will see yourself as you truly are. You will be able to touch the ground of your being and find peace. If you're a victim of discrimination, then your way to emancipation is not simply by crying out against injustice. Injustice cannot be repaired by recognition alone, but by your capacity to touch the ground of your being. Discrimination, intolerance, and suppression stem from lack of knowledge and lack of understanding. If you're capable of touching the ground of your being, you can be released from the suffering that has created, been created in you through discrimination and oppression. Someone who discriminates against you because of your race or the color of your skin or your sexual orientation is ignorant. He doesn't know his own ground of being. He doesn't realize that we all share the same ground of being. That is why he can discriminate against you. 
Someone who discriminates against others and causes them to suffer is someone who is not happy with himself. Once you've touched the depth and the nature of your ground of being, you'll be equipped with the kind of understanding that can give rise to compassion and tolerance. And you will be capable of forgiving even those who discriminate against you. Don't believe that relief or justice will come through society alone. True emancipation lies in your capacity to look deeply. When you suffer because of discrimination, there's always an urge to speak out. But even if you spend a thousand years speaking out, your suffering won't be relieved. Only through deep understanding and liberation from ignorance can you be liberated from your suffering. When you break through to the truth, compassion springs up like a stream of water. With that compassion, you can embrace even the people who have persecuted you. When you're motivated by desire to help those who are victims of ignorance, only then are you free from your suffering and feelings of violation. Don't wait for things to change around you. You have to practice liberating yourself. Then you will be equipped with the power of compassion and understanding, the only kind of power that can help transform an environment full of injustice and discrimination. You have to become such a person, one who can embody tolerance, understanding, and compassion. You transform yourself into an instrument for social change and change in the collective consciousness. Thank you very much, friends, for listening to this, the latest episode of the Wake Up London podcast. If you'd like to find out more about any of the conversations we've had in this episode, you can find notes in the on the podcast page over at wakeuplondon.org forward slash podcast. You can also donate there, like any of the Wake Up projects. They are possible because of donations. And we have a tab there where you could drop us a few pounds or euros or your currency to say thanks for listening. And if you have any other ideas for future episodes, you'd like to be interviewed for short sharings, you'd like to do a reading or possibly a long interview, or if you have music that you think you'd like to hear in the programme, then please, please get in touch and take care. Why not be shy? Shy. Your impulsive, forgetful and impulsive Wherever you go, whatever you do You're beautiful You wouldn't be half so gorgeous If you tried to be someone else Take your dreams and fly, don't leave your heart
Take your dream. 